you're not going to be satisfied and you will likely go ahead and eat the chips and then you're going to be overly full and then you're going to feel guilty. And it's going to start this whole cycle again of, you know, you know, quote unquote, binging or being overly full, Mm -hmm. restricting, feeling guilty about it, doing it again. Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break, but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with Moms Without Capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. All right. Today on the Moms Without Capes podcast, we have Courtney Vickery. Welcome to the show, Courtney. Thank you for having me. So Courtney is the founder and owner of Declet. Did I say that right? Declet, but Declet plus. Designs. <laughs> okay. A website and branding design studio for weight inclusive businesses. She's also an anti-diet dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor at her private practice, Vickery Wellness. When she's not cooking for her family or working with clients, you can find her with a good sci-fi book and her fairy buddies, Oliver, Finn, and Callie. Today, Courtney will be sharing with us about all about how to incorporate some intuitive eating guidelines into our daily routines without doing a complete life overhaul. Whether you're new to the concept of intuitive eating or you've been practicing it for years, you're guaranteed to find value in, in today's episode. So, Again, welcome, Courtney. But before we dive into in all the things intuitive eating, I want to kind of give give everyone a taste of who you are and how you got to be where you are today. So tell us more. Yeah. So I am actually an eating disorder survivor. So I had an eating disorder from the time I was eight until I was 22 um, in college when I found a team that actually helped me with my recovery. Um, I think that's really important. And I talk to people about that all the time about how, you know, every dietitian or every therapist may not be the right fit for you and that's okay. And to go find someone that is the right fit for you. Um, So, yeah, I was, you know, in treatment while I was in college. So I didn't study dietetics the first time because I felt like that was, you know, not, I wasn't ready for that. So I have a degree in political science actually. And I worked in the political field for a year was super boring and not fun for me. Um, And I thought I wanted to go to law school. I just took that year to kind of figure out my life as much as I could still figuring out my life. (laughs) And um, we all are, we all are (laughs) (laughs) every day. Um, And so I went back and studied dietetics and um, stayed for my master's and internship and took the exam to be a dietitian. And I've worked in um, inpatient. So I've you know, my floors at that job were like neurosurgery and med surge. And I mean, I did all the floors, but those were my main ones. Um, and then I did an outpatient position and I was a wellness dietitian. I've taught 
every group fitness format you can think of, except for Pilates. Um, so I'm a group fitness cycle. I'm a yoga instructor, um, all those things. So I, um, was also over the group fitness program when I was the dietitian. So I was like a dual role. And then when my supervisor left, I got promoted to his job where I wasn't really acting as a dietitian. I was over three departments at a hospital. Um, but I was doing community health and community outreach and public health programming. Um, and in 2020 in the pandemic hit, I was like, no more of this. Um, I have two kids too. So I have, uh, my daughter will be eight this month, actually April. And, um, my son is three and he'll be four this summer. So it was just a lot. My husband has a very stressful job as well. So I left that other job without much of a plan, honestly, which is not like me. I've worked since I was 14. Um, but my whole family are full of entrepreneurs. Everybody in my family has their own business basically. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to start my own practice. It just kind of hit me. Like I can do that. And so I did. And, um, so now I work with people into, you know, wanting to learn more about intuitive eating or they're wanting to stop, you know, the chronic dieting cycle or they're in eating disorder recovery. Um, and then on top of that, I also do the websites for other dietitians just cause I love design and that's my creative outlet. And then I also teach classes at the university of Georgia. So fitness classes. No, I teach um, undergraduate classes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You are a busy woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but you know, I have it kind of blocked off in my week. Like I have um, Thursdays, I see nutrition clients, Mondays and Fridays, I do design meetings and um, Wednesday is like a half day for me and Tuesday I do UGA stuff. So. Do you teach online or do you? I do. Um, I did teach in person for two semesters. Um, they asked me to come be the interim director of the dietetic internship one for the fall of like 2021. Um, and I asked if I could stay on and teach classes after that. And at first it was in person, but I kept begging for online because when you only teach one class, it's not really worth it to drive to campus and pay to park and then walk to right. class and right. I'm teaching online now, which I much prefer. Nice. And my other question for you is about the, um, when you went back to school for like Mm -hmm. to be a dietitian, um, did you, did you know like intuitive eating or was that something that evolved? Yeah. So, um, I actually remember exactly the first time I ever heard about intuitive eating, which is pretty rare for me because I don't have a great memory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was in my old apartment, which I lived in for seven years. Um, and one of my best friends who is also a dietitian now, um, was telling me about this book and I remember her showing it to me and it was like the old cover. So this came out in like 1995. Um, and I was like, oh, well, that just sounds like another diet, honestly. Like they're just, they're, they're, I'm sure there's some spin to it that it's just, you know, dieting. Um, so I had learned loosely about it from her and I started reading the book and I was like, okay, well, maybe not like (laughs) this is probably actually helpful. Um, and then I think I was, you know, it's one of those situations where they were probably teaching it to me in my recovery without like verbatim saying that's what they were doing. Right. Um, so over time, you know, even when I had my own clients that I was counseling that weren't eating disorder clients that came to me for weight loss, which I don't do now, but Mm -hmm. when you're working for a hospital, you don't really have a choice. Um, they would just always be like, wow, this is a totally different approach. And I don't feel judged and I don't feel ashamed. And 
Um, I'm like, I don't want you to feel like that. Cause what good would that do? Right. You know? Right. Um, so, you know, I knew about it. I'd read the books and obviously had lived it without knowing that I was doing those things mm-hmm. until I saw it, um, you know, on paper and was like, oh, wow, that's what I've been doing. Um, and so that's kind of how I've always worked with clients. And then when I opened my own practice, I, that first year, I really heavily invested in myself um, in continuing education because I'd been in positions where they didn't do that. Um, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do the first year. I'm going to take this money and put it back into myself. So I did tons of trainings. Um, I did all the trainings to become a certified intuitive eating counselor. I did tons of eating disorder trainings, body image trainings. I'm a lifelong learner. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I read the book, right? Yeah. The, the book, like I know yeah. exactly which book you're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, who are the authors? It's called intuitive eating, but who is it? by? Yeah. Um, Evelyn oh, Reich yeah. and I'm sorry, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Reich. Okay. Okay. I just, in fact, it's probably on the bookshelf behind this computer. Yeah. I actually pulled out my books for today. Cause I was like, I know we're going to talk about books. So I pulled out the yeah. ones I like. <laughs> so for those who are not familiar with intuitive eating, can you just give a bird's eye view of what, what mm-hmm. that is? Yeah. So, um, basically I would explain it as a self-care eating framework. So basically the focus is to, you know, people always say heal your relationship with food, but if that sounds kind of abstract to you, um, basically what we're meaning is that you see food as nourishment, not even just as fuel. It is fuel, but sometimes when people just think of it as just that, they take the enjoyment out of it. So, you know, it's self-care, it's, you know, and nourishing yourself and also, you know, being satisfied and enjoying your food. Um, It's definitely not, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but people that aren't quite ready for intuitive eating, but are interested, you know, like the stages of change model, um, they are interested, but they're not ready to give up diet culture. They're not ready to give up rules because it feels so scary because they don't know anything else. Um, and that's okay. But, you know, you do kind of have to like let go, which is really hard for most of us. Um, but there's 10 principles. When I work with people, we don't sit and go through 10 principles. It's not like, rigid by any means. It's actually the complete opposite. You can go in any order that you like with the principles. And again, you may not even be, it's not like clients come into my sessions and I'm like, today we're going to talk about principle three, (laughs) you know, which is very, very organic, no pun intended. Um, And, you know, we just let them, you know, tell me what they're struggling with. And then we'll kind of talk about, you know, the aspects of intuitive eating that would help in that situation. The only kind of loose rule about the principles is that general nutrition, which is number 10 is last, because Mm -hmm. if you start that one too soon, it's just going to become another diet because you haven't got to that place where food and nutrition information is neutral for you. So you're going to, you're, you're still kind of judging it on the inside. Got you. Okay. Um, so how can we implement these guidelines that you talked yeah. about, the 10 guidelines, how can we, how can they show up in every day or how can we begin? Like if we're not ready to make that leap, if we're only intuitive eating curious, yeah. right? <laughs> what are some ways that we can begin to incorporate some of yeah. these guidelines into our everyday mm-hmm. routine? I would say starting with like neutral observations. So just so kind of, you know, mean? yeah. So when you wake up in the morning and you think about what am I going to have for breakfast? And if your first thought is, okay, well, how many calories is in that? Just kind of pausing on that thought and thinking, 
why am I thinking that? Like, what, what is the goal there? Is that the only thing I'm using to dictate what I'm going to choose, even though I know that my body is telling me it really wants something else. Um, and people always joke and they're like, well, my body tells me I want donuts. And I'm like, okay, maybe it did. Maybe it's because you restrict donuts <laughs> and, you know, eventually you'll get to the point where, you know, it's becomes neutral because your body probably wouldn't feel good if you ate donuts all day. And your body would tell you that. So it's really that interoceptive awareness and practicing it. But in the beginning, I would just say observing your thoughts and behaviors around food that you may not even realize you're doing neutrally, because I don't want people to do it and judge, you know, oh, I shouldn't be thinking this. I just want them to be like acknowledging it. Like, wow, when I was thinking about this meal, I realized how many steps and how many thoughts I actually had before I made my decision. And none of them were related to how I felt. So that's a, okay. So that's a great place to start. Like just observing our own thoughts and attitudes towards food. And one of the things that really struck me, so I'll just share a little bit about my, my own journey mm-hmm. with intuitive eating, which wasn't very long, but it was simply, I even hired a coach. I hired a coach who specializes in intuitive eating after I read the book, because I was like, I come from a place where the only way, like I had lost a lot of weight intentionally, um, Mm -hmm. through calorie counting, but it became a job for me. Like it consumed a lot of time. Like I had signs all over the house. Like everything was became a number to me. Like everything was like calories. You know, I I had, um, taught Zumba. Like I had gotten Mm -hmm. into like learning and I became a group fitness instructor and Mm -hmm. through all like the extra workouts I was doing, I also had lost weight. So like it all kind of worked together. Um, but the only way that I know how to lose weight is through calorie counting. And so when I came across intuitive eating and I don't remember how I came across it, I, I can't even remember. I, but I, I know I ordered the book and then I started like following some coaches that were into intuitive eating. And then I hired someone and I was with her for about a month. And then, um, like our own financial finances changed. And I was like, I can't continue doing this. Cause I just, we just sent our kids to private school and it just kind of yeah. things happen. Life happened. Mm-hmm. But even at that point, like I, um, continue to be intuitive eating curious. Right. And like, that's why I was excited to have you on today because I'm like, I want to learn how to, um, just kind of bring some of the concepts into my everyday life. Yeah. And one of the things that I've really been working towards is removing the judgment yes. from, from food. And I mean, even my kids, like, they'll be like, you know, this is good for us. This is bad for us. I'm like, no, I'm like, because for so long, that was for me. That was what I was doing. That was my attitude. Mm-hmm. Like when I was calorie counting, like, oh, I can't have that. Like, you know, and I was measuring everything, like mm-hmm. it became very rigid. And I know that's yeah. the opposite of intuitive eating, which is why I'm like, I want to learn how to do this. Like where it's not a second job, where it's not all consuming and where it's more relaxed, because I know that the stress I just read, um, this is not a, an explicit, I don't want to use language, but it was the effort diet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever hear about the effort? Diet? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just read that for um, a book club, a local book club. It's a kind body book club, like where we read like all things that like help us like body acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I read that book. And again, it was like along the lines of that, like removing the judgment. And because I feel that I know that stress 
mm-hmm. contribute to like weight gain and like your body holding on to excess weight and all of that. And I'm like, I was so stressed. I don't even know how I lost the weight because I was so stressed out about like the pressure of like, if I bite it, I must write it. Right. Kind of concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, really want to embrace like, especially that guideline, like the removing the judgment around the food, because I still in the back of my mind, like Oreos equal bad apple equals good. Like, and I'm like, that's not true. Like, because even when I look back at my old journals, like when I first started, like my weight loss journey, um, I would have like a handful of Cheez-Its, right? Like now I don't even, I wouldn't even eat them. Like they're not even good to me, but like back then, like I would just portion it out. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm like in, in using that good, bad thing, like Cheez-Its equal bad, but yet I still allowed myself to have it when I was yeah. actively like using. Yeah. So like, I want to learn how to to take that away, like take that judgment away, healthy versus unhealthy, good versus bad, like that judgment. Yeah. And so aside from that, what are some other guidelines that we would be able to incorporate into our, you know, mm-hmm. into our everyday that we'd be able to use like that observation? What mm-hmm. else would you suggest like for somebody who is intuitive eating curious? Yeah. So I think, um, on top of like you know, we've talked about looking at our, you know, observing how you feel about food in those situations, but going a step further would be observing, you know, the deeper diet mentality thought behind the food thoughts. So, you know, like you use the, the Oreo and the apple example, and just really kind of being matter of fact about it and thinking, okay, does an apple have more vitamin A in it or vitamin C in it? Yes, of course, more than an Oreo, but you know, I always use this example with my clients. I ask them, do they know the difference between physical fullness and being satisfied? And they always say, I don't know what that, I don't know what you're asking me. (laughs) And so I have to give them an example. And I say, okay, well, when I was growing up, diet culture told me that if I wanted potato chips, I should eat baby carrots because they're crunchy. (laughs) And I think we all know that baby carrots are not potato chips. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So like you could physically be full from eating an entire bag of baby carrots while you're trying to prevent yourself from eating the chips, but then you're not going to be still want the chips. (laughs) Yes. You're not going to be satisfied and you will likely go ahead and eat the chips and then you're going to be overly full and then you're going to feel guilty. And it's going to start this whole cycle again of, you know, you know, quote unquote, binging or being overly full, Mm. restricting, feeling guilty about it, doing it again. And it's just going to keep going round and round. Um, so, you know, again, just kind of, I'd say like peeling the onion back in each layer and doing the why exercise with my clients, like, okay, again, starting with that apple versus the Oreo. Why do I think this is bad? Why do I think that? Where did that come from? What is a different way to think about it? How can I reframe this? So kind of, you know, those are all kind of techniques that I use with clients, not at the same time, but, you know, based on whatever they're telling me, um, we work on the why exercise the reframing, you know, how can I reframe this idea? And I think a lot of people push back against it because they're so used to diet culture and, you know, it's almost like a religion in a way, because we've been told this thing that is so true to us. Like you must lose weight to be healthy. You must be in a smaller body to be healthy. And I think accepting that that's not true is hard for a lot of people and I think when they don't really get into the the details of intuitive eating, they just see it as the um, fullness diet, right? Like 
right. until you're comfortably full. And that is literally the smallest part of intuitive eating because, you know, we hate using the word journey, but it is a journey and it's mm-hmm. going to take time. And I think that's the other hard part for people right. is that it's very gradual. It is going to take time and people get frustrated because we want, we want quick things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I talk about the honeymoon period with clients, because in the beginning, once you start doing these things and you start allowing yourself to have the things you restricted for so long, you're going to feel out of control, most likely. Right. And that's really scary. Right. Um, and that's kind of the, I hate to say, like, that's kind of the make or break point for whether someone was ready or not. Um, cause they can always step back and some people do like, they're like, okay, I wasn't ready for that. So we step back, but then some people, it just kind of breaks them. They're like, I, I don't like this. I hate this. I'm leaving and I'm not doing this anymore. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. that like, as being like the warning, like you may gain weight, like, yeah. you, you know, like it's not, it's not a diet, like for weight loss because you may gain weight, yeah. but when you start like resetting your body weight, it'll like, kind of settle out at your, yeah. yeah Cause I mean, the whole goal natural, is, yeah. Yeah. And the whole goal is to, um, focus on your behaviors mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if you're obsessing about, you know, measuring and calories and weighing yourself, like you said, that's going to cause more stress, which is the opposite of being, right. you know, health-minded or, you know, feeling healthy or feeling good. Um, so if you focus on behaviors and how those things can make your body feel better, stronger, you're taking care, like the self-care piece that mm-hmm. is taking care of yourself. Um, so, you know, the Oreo thing, if you want Oreos and you, you tell yourself you can't have them, you're restricting them, you're going to come back to it eventually your body's going to be like, I'm going to make up for that somehow. Right. But right. if you're just like, huh, I and then it's going to go on overload too. Like not only make yeah. up for it, but like really going like, to go past it. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you just kind of allow yourself to have it, observe it and, you know, and also giving yourself your grace and feeling like mm-hmm. it's okay. If I do eat past fullness, it's right. okay to feel full. It's right. okay to, you know, if I notice that I'm overeating or if I'm emotionally eating, which is a big thing to talk about with clients too. Um, you know, always tell them it can be a coping skill. It just cannot be the only coping skill. Right. You know, we want to have a, a multitude of yeah, options toolbox. in our toolbox. <laughs> yep. Um, what do you find um, is when, when clients come to you is most challenging for them? Um, the weight piece. Okay. Like, you know, cause they, you know, everybody, even if they, you know, aren't focusing on that. I don't want to say, you know, everybody, majority of people. I was going to say, is that their main, like main um, motivation to hire you or like so on my application, it actually says like a paragraph that you have to read and then say that you read and like click yes or no. Um, and it says, you understand that this is not a weight loss program. We focus on health promoting behaviors instead of the scale. I, I don't yeah. do intentional weight loss. Um, but and I, you know, but they know also like, it's still okay. If you have that desire, mm-hmm. it's okay to desire weight loss. Um, it would be kind of odd if we did it in the society that we live in that talks about it constantly. Right. Right. Um, but you know, we aren't going to focus on that. And I, you know, I give them the chance to do a discovery call. I don't do those as often anymore because I just book people, you know, mm-hmm. I sent, I have a waiting list right now. So like when I get a spot open, I'll email them and be like, these are the spots that open. Would you like them? Do you have any questions? Um, and some people, you know, they want to do the 15 minute call to talk. And we talk about that because that is a concern, right? Like well, the people that come to me and are like, I wanted to use this to, to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it just really depends on where they fall on that scale of right, right. They may, <laughs> they scale, may not yeah. be, you know, they may yeah. not be your ideal client. Right. And, you know, I tell, I'm very upfront. I'm like, I just want you to know that I will talk about meal planning. We'll talk about how to make a, a plate that is well, you know, balanced as far as nutrition mm-hmm. goes, but we won't talk about, you know, what are some ways that you can restrict to lose weight? Cause right. that's not what I do. Yeah. 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 So what is, what's some final advice for somebody who wants to, wants to dip their toe in or really mm-hmm. just embrace intuitive eating? Yeah. So, um, I actually pulled out some of the books that I like, and this one has been helpful for people that have been more curious. It's so you intuitive- got to say it cause we're podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, I'm going to say it. <laughs> um, intuitive eating for every day. And it's by one of the creators, Evelyn, Evelyn Triboli. Okay. And it's bite-sized pieces of information each day. Um, and like little exercises that you can do each day that are small. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so a lot of clients have really liked this one, especially my clients that are, like you said, more curious and like, just kind of wanting to learn more, but it's still kind of scary for them. So we're kind of just working through that initial, um, hesitance and fear, but cause they want it, but they aren't sure how to do these, you know, this kind of life when they've been dieting for so long. But, you know, for example, it's just simple things like the first, like one question about cultivating trust is when were you told that your body cannot be trusted? And then it has like a little small paragraph to read. And then you can just kind of take that with you during the day. We know that there is power in building strong habits in your life, but sometimes making them stick can be the tricky part. Habits are at the core of creating a life where you feel fulfilled and able to be your best self. Learn how to transform your health, your life, and yourself by downloading my free guide, Building Strong Habits. The link to grab your guide is in the show notes of today's episode. Let's switch gears. And I want to hear, what do you do for fun? Oh, gosh. that's This is always uh... a hard question because we often don't make time for fun. I was going to say, I don't make time for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I say that. So... I love going to the movies. We actually went last night with my kids and we took them to see Mario. Um, we all have Nintendo switches. So we all play Nintendo when we can. And they play it more than me, obviously, because <laughs> they have more time than me. Um, but yeah, we love playing games like that together. We love going on walks and, you know, going to the movies. And we do either in or out movie night every Friday night. So when do you mean out? Oh, like out at the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So last <laughs> night we went to the theater because they were excited and they're on spring break. So we took them on a Thursday. Okay. But Friday night, tonight, um, we usually stay in on Friday night and do like some version of a pizza. It's not always like just pizza, it's like a homemade calzone, or we make little mini pizzas on pita bread or something along those lines. And I have twin nieces that are students at UGA this semester. And their younger sister, um, they're all coming over tonight. We're going to do movie night together. Fun. fun. So you already recommended us a book, but do you have another book that you would like to share that's impacted Um, you you want to share with the listeners? Do you want one that has impacted me as far as food or just in general? In general. In general. general. Um, So I love sci-fi. I love fantasy books. I don't like reading books about the real world because the real world is enough for me. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I, my favorite author probably would be Michael Crichton who wrote the Jurassic Park books. Okay. So 
the the original Jurassic Park, not just the movie, but the book, because it's a little different, obviously. This is always mm. different than the yeah, movie. Yeah, and the book's always better. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, awesome. So where can listeners find you, Courtney? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Vickery Wellness for intuitive eating and food information. And then for website or design information, I'm at Declet Designs. And um, I'm on Facebook too, but I'm more active on Instagram. And then I have free groups for both of those. So um, the Happy Not Hungry group is a free group for people curious about intuitive eating or body image. And then um, for the weight inclusive businesses, I have a group about website design as well. Okay, awesome. I'm going to go ahead and put all of your information in the show notes of today's episode. You also mentioned that you have some resources. Yes, what, I have a whole page of resources them. on my vickerywellness.com. If you go okay. to free resources in the um, menu tab, it'll take you to a page that lists all of my freebies. I have tons of them. I have a meal planning workshop that's free. I have snack idea handouts. I have body image journal prompts. And then I have a list of all the books I recommend broken down by topic, all the podcasts I recommend and all the fitness trainers I recommend. All right. Awesome. So yep, definitely check out today's show notes for all of that. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Today's episode is sponsored by the Super Mom Detox, an incredible coaching program designed to help moms take off their super mom cape and feel comfortable in their own skin. Have you felt like you've lost yourself since becoming a mom because you got caught up in the idea that you have to take care of everyone and everything else and sacrifice who you are to be the kind of mom you want to be? The Supermom Detox will guide you in rediscovering who you are and getting yourself off the back burner and onto solid ground. This amazing program will teach you how to let go of perfectionism, people-pleasing, unrealistic expectations, unhealthy boundaries, and negative thought patterns that are keeping you stuck. Motherhood can be so much more enjoyable when you learn to take care of yourself the way you deserve. Stop feeling guilty or bad about making time for yourself. You are so worthy of taking up space. Find out more about the Supermoms Detox by clicking the link in today's show notes and signing up for a call with me. If nothing else, you'll get clear on what's keeping you on the back burner. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.